Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk, we talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Guilty Movie Pleasure. Hello, hello, welcome to another very safe and quarantined edition of Guilty Movie Pleasures. Uh, if you're joining us for the first time, welcome. If you are not joining us for the first time, if you have been here before, uh, you may notice something a little different about today. Uh, I'm your host today, Jesse McIntosh. I've taken the big boy chair. Uh, and with Whoa. me, <laughs> thank you, thank you, Ryan, for giving us a Keanu Reeves right off the bat. Um, nice. And joining me, uh, we have a very special guest today. Uh, you can catch her on Anatomy of a Movie, also on Popcorn Talk Network. Uh, we have Trina Dong. Say hello, Trina. Hi. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to chat with you about this movie. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, yeah. And of course, we have in the booth uh, Ryan Nelson. Ryan, say hello. What's going on, y'all? Senior producer of Popcorn Talk Network. I do Anatomy of a Movie with Trina. Uh, usually it's Tuesdays at 2 p.m. We were going to talk this movie, but you know what? This feels like the perfect fit for this show, Guilty Movie Pleasures. So if you've, if you've seen The Wrong Missy, type in the comments what you think. We'll shout you out throughout the show. There you go. There you go. So we're all set up to be interactive here. I appreciate mm. it, Ryan. Uh, ben, of course, uh, as I mentioned, is not here. Ben is safe and sound at home. Um, everything is okay with him. His family is all right. Uh, just something uh, that took him away from the podcast today. That's all. That's um, all. No big deal. Yeah, I feel like it's important in these times to make sure we say something like that. So Ben, it's fine. Don't worry about Ben. He's with the wrong Missy. That's... There it is. Okay. Oh, <laughs> that's a rumor, that's though, Ryan. Rumor. That's just a rumor. It's, yeah. it's, that took him away today. Uh, yeah, yeah. But all good. Um. I do also want to point out Ryan said that we should uh, we should maybe talk shit about Ben. Um, and I I personally don't feel like that's that's something I'm going to do. But Ryan, of course, feel what are free you? to absolutely do that. I, I don't remember <laughs> what you're talking about. Uh, I th- Maybe that different Ben, different Ben, I think. Sure, sure, sure. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, now that we have that, I know. Uh, as uh, we've alluded to, we were talking The Wrong Missy today, uh, the David Spade, Lauren Lapkus, Netflix original. Um, Trina, you have seen this movie twice. <laughs> I have. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, so we're going to start with you. Why don't you tell us what you thought the first time and on your revisit, uh, how it changed for <laughs> you? Okay, so... Listen, I watched this movie. Most people are going to say they watched the movie for David Spade. David Spade came through with a Netflix film. I watched it because I love Lauren Lapkus. So I had pretty high expectations of her in it, but I hadn't really paid too close attention to the trailer. So I watched the film the first time and I was completely thrown off. It's not what I was expecting (laughs) at all. And I couldn't enjoy it because I was too busy being thrown off. So that's how I felt the first time. But then the second time I decided to give it just another shot to chill out, to not be so judgy maybe. And I actually got some good things out of it. And there's definitely some funny moments in there. There's some great cameos, great cast overall. So yeah, I'm excited to get into it with you guys. Great. I'm, I'm glad it was better on a rewatch. Yes. Um, I'm glad you enjoyed it a little more. I'm sure that um, everyone involved with the movie would say that uh, 
chilling out to watch it is probably the way that they would advise you to watch it. Right. Um, so, uh, well, good. I'm, I'm glad that we took a turn there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan, I'm going to go to you next because you've also seen this movie. Talk to us about how you felt about it. I have seen the movie. I, you know, it's interesting. Happy Madison, I feel like, has this really special time. These are the most of the Adam Sandler movies that like Adam Sandler had a hand mm-hmm. in producing. David Spade, that whole crew. I feel like they had such a prime comedic moment in the 90s and early 2000s. And yes. as of late, uh, they just haven't really been the type of comedies I think a lot of people are asking for. Uh, though I do think there is a place for them, and I do think that there is an audience for them. And Netflix, you know, they have this huge deal with Adam Sandler to do a lot of, of his movies, and they're popular. Like, pe- people like them a lot. Um, personally, it's not usually for me, though, lately. Like, I, I love a Happy Gilmore. I love a Billy Madison. Um, but lately that just hasn't really been my jam it just isn't like really the the comedy the comedy i'm into uh nowadays so i think with this movie i i laughed a lot i do think there are a lot of great scenarios and i think mostly that comes from the performances whereas the story and plot was just a little disappointing to me and not really my cup of tea sure sure um and we talked about this before we got started here i've I've spent sort of like a full afternoon looking inward (laughs) 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 after watching this movie because I didn't love it. And Mm -hmm. I I like am trying to figure out uh, with with Lauren Lapkus as a crazy person in the center of the frame here, why that didn't necessarily work for me as opposed to the movies you were talking about, Ryan, where uh, Adam Sandler is just a crazy person in the center of the frame. Um, and what the difference between those two things are, if it was just not as strong of a script or if the support around her wasn't as strong or if there's some like inherent bias that I have here or if I just have different tastes than I did uh, in the late 90s when the Adam Sandler sort of heyday was. Um, do I don't know, Trina, you, you were saying that yeah. you uh, you were interested in this movie because of Lauren yeah uh what is what is your history with her as a performer so i've seen her perform live uh hundreds of times at ucb and 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 that is because you are stalking her is that correct because i was stalking her on franklin (laughs) avenue i just spent all my days no but really like my first couple of years in la i studied at ucb i went to all the shows you know do all the things that we young comedians in LA do and Lauren was a big piece of that because she had you know she'd left the scene she'd made it and watching her was always really fun and she plays characters like this a lot and so but it's not as shocking when it's like a full hour and a half of it it's kind of whoa and so I think the Lauren Lapkus of it all is that her crazy was so intense the whole time it didn't take any breaks until like the last 15 and then also her scene partner was a very calm david spade so he didn't react much to anything she was doing he everybody was acting like it was more normal than not i thought even though you could tell he thought she was saying crazy things but he wasn't responding that way. So I also think that might've been why you 
weren't getting it because I also was on that page. I didn't get it either. It reminded me of a false reality, like shallow hell. Everybody's okay. living in this weird universe that we're not really understanding why it's there. That's yeah, I- and I I feel like you hit you hit on the head something uh, that I sort of came to as well that like I clocked it when I was watching. It was over an hour into the movie before Lauren Lapkus shows any semblance of humanity or like any sort of uh, just like shred of of a real human being that I've ever seen in the world before. Yeah. Um, and I feel I feel like we needed that to relate to a little bit. And then there was also an element of like they they were just sort of lazy with the David Spade part, not not necessarily the performance, but there was nothing to to that anyone was tying him back to like any positive qualities that she might exhibit so what ended and we're this is going to be a spoiler conversation from here on out we've done yeah. our general takes um we're going to start to spoil the spoiler movie a little alert. bit and also Thank major you. major shout out to ben bagley popping up in the chat asking uh just wanted to say ah. hi miss you guys sorry i'm not there tonight oh. what's the verdict should i watch this or is it no bueno ben you're gonna need <laughs> to watch the show man watch the full episode yeah um and that definitely isn't me posing in the chat as Ben Begley. That is the real thing. <laughs> Are um, you sure? Now that you said it out loud, we're I'm going not going to commit to anything. <laughs> um, so, so okay, so we're spoiling. But w- the the thing that was sort of lacking in their relationship and in the story as a whole was what ends up happening is he he sort of is attracted to her because of her spontaneity and because she doesn't care about what other people think and because she's just living her life the way she wants to do it. And there's never any like friend or like self-reflection on David Spade's part as far Mm -hmm. as like, this is what's lacking in my life. There's none of that. It's just like, he's a dude who was cheated on and there's, there's no one there to tell him like, this is what's missing in your life or this is the reason you're not finding happiness. So they just seem incompatible the whole time until like for some reason he decides he likes her yeah. um, and then she becomes a person. So everything sort of happens out of order and not necessarily congruous with the next thing that happens. Absolutely. And you're so spot on with his character. He is literally a guy that has a job and that's what we know about him. He's a dude with a job and a boss. And that's about as deep as we get into yeah and he goes on one date with someone who is psychotic mm-hmm. like she she brandishes a weapon um yeah fun and is picking <laughs> fights with huge guys um, everyone and sort of offering him up as a sacrifice uh so there there's just like there's no reason there's no reason that we want him to work and there's no reason that we feel like he has a problem other than he's like kind of mentioned once or twice that he has this ex-fiance who's like, it seems like the only reason it's a problem is because she's involved with someone that he knows. Like that's the only reason we're tied back to her. Um, So I don't know what problem we're solving here necessarily. I, we didn't know until the very end that there was even a problem other than her. I think that's all we really knew is that she, she became a problem she she became a problem and the the like the only mechanic they had to work with once they got to hawaii was 
stay in the room. Oh no, she didn't stay in the room. Like <laughs> that was out. the only thing. And we played it probably four times. Yeah. Um, until we took the turn. And again, like what, why are we doing this? Um, so yeah, there was <sighs> sort of like a, a lack of emotional intelligence here. Um, yeah. And then you, you also did mention the cast. I, I, this, I don't know why this movie got me thinking so much. There's no reason that I should be thinking <laughs> this. That's what happens this movie. in quarantine. Everything means something else. <laughs> Jesse Always. looks inward. It sounds like God, he really looks so right. real deep inward, man. I yeah, it's a very like, deep film to take in. I'm very pleased that you did it. I had a long meditation. I lit some candles. Uh, I So it got me thinking, like, these movies, uh, like, the characters on the periphery are always, like, like standouts there's always some a performer who mm-hmm. like shows up in two or three scenes where you're like damn who is that person yeah. um and i don't i i like felt that lacking in this movie and then i looked up the cast and the <laughs> woman who plays barracuda is adam sandler's wife and the guy who plays the like assistant who keeps bringing coffee that the boss doesn't yeah. want is adam sandler's nephew and i felt <laughs> like those are two like huge opportunities to showcase someone and it it was cast for nepotism and i think that that was probably a missed opportunity here yeah 100 percent. especially the those two characters are the ones that had the most comedy like yeah. they had the most opportunity to hit us with some one-liners or to hit us with some faces or whatever it was those were the two people that were written in the script that we could have gotten things out of to talk about in a situation like this or remember when they did that but you know because even if literally rob schneider could have played the assistant that would have been hilarious it would have been great yeah so just using people that you're like oh rob schneider's the assistant how perfect you know everyone can appreciate it in a movie like that so you're right yes and i one more thing before we get into the plot in under three minutes um, you are new to the show, Trina, but the one thing that takes a sh- uh, movie from uh, above 50% to below 0% for me is on-screen vomit. And this movie <laughs> had on-screen vomit. Uh, and chum. In- <laughs> yep, she vomited chum. Um, <laughs> yeah, she, she vomited chum, and then they all saw a shark coming, and then rather than help, they all started dancing on the boat. And one almost got eaten. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was a huge bummer for me. I completely forgot about the on-screen vomit. Yeah. I always forget that that's your thing. And when I watch it, I should clock it. Yeah. That That matters though. You're right. It does matter. Um, we do have the timer all set and prepped y'all. Great. So, uh, if you guys are ready, let's try and do this plot in under three minutes. Give it a go. Plot number three minutes in three, two, one. Go. All right. So we start out. David Spade is uh, on a blind date, and he gets a text, and is like, uh, "I'm the woman at the bar that looks like this." So he goes up to the woman, and he tries to rescue her from this big macho dude, and she's pregnant, and they're together, and they almost get in a fight, and then Lauren Lapkus comes around. And she's like, "I was kidding." Ha! And then they sit down, and they have a date, and it's going crazy. And he's like, "I got to get out of here." So he goes to the bathroom and tries to escape through a window, and she slides underneath the stall and is like, "Where are you going?" And he's like, "I was going to prank you," and she's like, "Well, we've been kicked out because I flashed." this big weapon at the guy that I was yelling at. So we got to go. And David Spade's like, great. And he falls out the window and she fixes his ankle. 
Yeah, exactly. And she is completely fine that he was diving out the window. She doesn't think it's because of her. Absolutely not. So she fixes the ankle, puts it back into place. So that's when we first find out that she maybe is more than who she exactly is. So she disappears, goes away. They do exchange numbers. The numbers end up in the phone. That's the important part. He heads to the airport on business, trip back from business, on business, and uh, ends up taking the suitcase of Rebecca Romaine Stamos and... Then they switch bags. They end up having the same bag, this man and this woman that's a model, and they have the same book. They end up having a drink together because of it, but they find out that neither of them drink. So then they end up bonding. They also exchange numbers. Both women's names are Melissa, Missy. So so he uh, he's going to go on this big retreat where there's a new boss who's like promoting someone, and it's either him or the Barracuda, who's this other woman. Um, who I guess they have conflict with. Um, and Nick Swartzens is a really creepy HR guy. And uh, so he's he's like, you should bring you should bring the woman that you just met. And he's like, all right, let me text her. And he does. And then she says yes. And they get on the plane. And he's breathing on the guy from Lost, um, which is random and oh. weird. Uh, and then, uh, oh, no. <laughs> uh, um, then, he's on the plane. He's breathing on the guy from Lost. Is this when the, he texts to get the right Missy on the plane? Right? Is that where we're at? And then, well, yeah, and then she shows up on the plane. Yeah. And then so she then gives Missy shows up on the plane and he's like, what are you doing here? She's acting wild. She's ordering tequila. She gives, gives him a pill. He's with the wrong Missy. They end up on this trip together. He doesn't know what to do. Uh, so then he's uh, trying to hide her in the room. She comes and like blows up the spot and everyone's like, what the hell is this? And she's doing palm readings and telling people they're going to die. Uh, 30 seconds. And the next day they go to the shark to the shark boat and she again escapes the room and goes to the shark boat and they go down in the shark tank and the shark attacks because she throws up chum. Uh, and then uh, he keeps, she keeps ruining every single day all the time. Then she meets the neighbor at the hotel. It's the wife of the boss. Then she ends up seconds. in her marriage and making David Spade liked by the boss. Yep, they do shadow dancing. Five, uh, he decides he likes four, her. She finds out. She three, leaves. He goes back two, and he steals her from Vanilla. One, zero. Well done. <laughs> we did the first act in two minutes, and then we had to squeeze, squeeze the entire. The first the act, you guys really oh, took your time. <laughs> it was. That was probably my fault. Sorry. No, you're good. No, it was. Listen, it we was, got there. Uh, no one's fault. We did. It was. It was the part of the movie where there was still hope. So we, I there think was. we were attached to that a little bit more than the rest right. of it. Yeah. Um, so yeah. <laughs> the dude from Lost, I, that was a detail I forgot. Uh, Me too. And the last line that you said, I won't review it now to double spoil, because I'm sure we'll talk about it later, but the last line that you said was the perfect way to end hmm. the three-minute Lost. So. Yeah. I, yeah. And also a, a really enjoyable way for them to end the movie. As of well, course. As well. Of course. Um, real quick, the guy from Lost, that scene was uh, sort of indicative of like the things that I guess they find funny that uh, mm. I don't really think work anymore because it was a prolonged scene of him asking another guy, which one would never do, but asking a stranger to smell his breath and then him having to get closer and closer and closer until he's basically like on top of it. Um, and then there's a joke about dog shit. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that in a nutshell is where we're at with this movie. Yeah. The bathroom humor and the, the extra, the, that type of humor went a little, like it was too much. I think that this was made 
for people that aren't legal enough to watch it. I think that's sure. kind of, you know, where we're at. Absolutely. I do also want to, I would be remiss if I didn't point out because we spent a fair amount of time with this uh, on the me, myself and Irene episode. Uh, there are two instances in this movie where uh, she forces sex upon him while he's asleep. Um, and that is, we mentioned aged poorly in a 2008 movie or whenever me, myself and Irene was, but this is a 2020 movie. That's tough. It's tough. And we had talks of suicide that ended up not being about yes. suicide. That yes. is what took me out of it the first time, I think. That is totally understandable. Um, they piled a lot of that stuff into the very beginning of the movie. Um, yeah. So yeah, it makes it tricky. It makes it tricky to enjoy a comedy when we're sort of hit over the head with that sort of thing. We also, um, though, we got a boy band performance, which I can always salute. We got a new kids on the block performance at a talent show. It would have maybe hit harder with a different audience. And at a different time, it was very like, uh, I don't know why I can't think of the movie that's old, but any movie that's had a boy band performance in it is fun for someone like me, maybe that is like nostalgic of stuff like that. But again, it was like weird timing for that in the film. Yeah. So a couple of weeks ago we did, this is the end. And that has a very uh, notable Backstreet Boys performance in the end of the movie. Um, but, but that's they went the real hard deal. in that. Like yeah, that, well, that backstreet, this was a little bit, oh, Napoleon Dynamite is what I was thinking of. Like very, that doesn't fit in, but it's random and it happens. Yeah. It also would have been good symmetry or closing the loop on it if the cameo at the end had anything at all to do with the new kids on the block. But since anything. it didn't, um, it just was two random occurrences. Or she could have um, performed Ice Ice Baby and we would have been good. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, just like attach them in some way yeah. and we would have been yeah. fine. Um, all right. So let's get into this since we've already started doing it. Let's, uh, we talked sort of in detail in the first act a little mm -hmm. bit. But David Spade goes on a blind date. Lauren Lapkus outs herself right away as sort of a prankster. Um, which, by the way, uh, doesn't do a ton of pranking after that. Like she sets it up as like I'm, I'm always trying to get you. Yeah, and like never Zany. again. Crazy. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so all right, uh, but uh, so then they're sitting down uh, for dinner, and he apologizes to her. Um, Sorry to disappoint you, and this is how she responds to that. Okay, you don't disappoint me ever. Nothing you could ever do would disappoint me. I love you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> this us it feels like fate <sighs> <laughs> that honestly it was the most tame thing that she said the whole beginning of the film truly truly and even even that um i think is a big enough red flag for me to be like i don't think this is gonna work out <laughs> yeah well he said that too right you right. know that's what he wanted but didn't get it no um so like we said he tries he realizes that this isn't necessarily what is what he wants what's for him so he tries to exit the restaurant he do, tries to do a window escape and she comes into the bathroom stall which means i mean it didn't seem like he was taking a long time right he just found a stall climbed up into the window and she was already 
through the men's bathroom door and under the stall. Yeah. Um, yeah, go ahead. Just like a, like what I was saying before, these choices are all very specific comedic timing choices and not good flow of the story choices, I think. So yeah, it's funny when her little head pops in there and you're like, ah, but it also, all of those decisions throughout the film makes it not flow well and it hard to make sense of anything. Yeah, yeah, um, I agree. Uh, it did feel like a bunch of moments versus a full story, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I, I would actually argue the funniest thing about this scene um, is after Lauren Lapkus exits mm -hmm. and he falls out the window, a guy comes out of the other stall and just runs out of the bathroom. Oh, did you not? I, caught, that? I don't think I caught that. <laughs> he's he's just been in there the whole time listening to this whole conversation. Oh, um, I don't think I caught that. That's funny. That's you're right. Was, See, <laughs> yeah, the stuff so, that they don't do. The stuff that they're not worried about is yeah. hit hit the hardest for me. Um, so he falls out the window. He I guess dislocates his ankle. Um. And this is where we learn that she's basically certified in everything. This is the start of a run of her saying, I'm a certified blah, blah, blah. And she's able to fix problems, I guess. Although it's yeah. unclear if she fixes them well or not. I mean, all of the bone relocating <laughs> worked out great for her. So she's good at that. The Yeah. So, sorry to chime in real quick. I, no, this, he fell off, he fell onto a, a garbage can, right? <sighs> Yeah, I'm just. Is the garbage can made of steel? Like, is it? Is it? <laughs> I, I just don't know how you snap your leg. Like that wasn't a dislocation. It that was thing like was a... bent this way. Like that was a hard break. And I, do you snap it back into place like that? I know so, you're certified. Oh. Yeah. So that's that's why I I went to dislocation because we never got a clear answer on that. <laughs> I feel like if it was broken, he would have been in a cast the next scene probably like even a dislocated ankle snap back into place you need a boot yeah um, yeah something you need some sort of support um because it's fragile at that point yeah. <laughs> very yeah. i mean they fragile. were just introducing us to what was going to happen the rest of the film and that's like a lot of physical comedy that doesn't that's not grounded in any way and everyone's just broken all over the place and then you get over it right Right, but it is both so physical and both physical and emotional maladies that she's yeah. able to fix here. Um, so she's multi talented. She fixes uh, to to the extent where you don't even need anything beyond what she did. Like yeah. even a doctor isn't that skilled. Nope. Um, but so he's done with her. Like you said, he goes to the airport, and we're not really sure what he's doing at the airport. He's catching a flight to or from somewhere. Unclear. Right. Um, he runs into Rebecca Romaine Stamos. They swap bags. Um, he realizes this when he can't get on the, his flight. Um, they then have a drink together. And apparently she's the only one that rebooked a flight because when they get into the janitor closet, she hears boarding for her flight and she's like, gotta go. <laughs> so strange. Just... The, yeah, there, there's, <laughs> it's just so, there's a lot of things that are just so unclear. I, yeah. And the, the, combining that 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 scene we just talked about in the beginning with this airport scene following it up it's 
this is where you're starting to set the tone of the movie. Like you said, like everything from the bone break to even just how he's, he's interacting at the airport. And I still was a little unclear as to the overall tone we were going to have for the remainder of the film. Um, like I, I almost was expecting a scene with similar comedic beats to the first scene. But since mm-hmm. that was just, since uh, that was just such an over the top character and then, and we don't have her anymore. You just kind of felt like, okay, now we're in a new thing and mm-hmm. it made me just feel kind of lost mm-hmm. yeah yeah and this is where you need uh like i would have loved nick swartzen or just like he doesn't seem to have any friends like nick swartzen is the closest thing he has to a friend but he's the, an hr guy who is who's literally watching his every move for some reason um he's cyber stalking him uh but we needed someone to when he introduces the idea of this perfect girl we needed someone to be like I don't know, man, like, do you really need another you in your life? Or could you maybe stand for some excitement or some fill in the blank, whatever, just to like prep us for the idea that like, maybe she isn't right for him. Because like, even when we get to the end, and he's like, I fell in love with someone else, you're just kind of like, what, like, she actually kind of seems perfect for you. Like, there's nothing she did. This seems great. I think they should have taken the opportunity to make it like this big wind blowing in her hair situation and make her this perfect human that verbally they made her. They made her Miss Georgia or whatever it was, a collegiate athlete, all of those things. They could have really played that up just like they're playing up the broken bones and stuff, but they chose to make her just as dull, which is what took us completely out of the movie after uh, the first Missy left. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, so they're going on this retreat. He's meeting the new boss. Um, he invites Missy. Uh, we've already covered, we've already talked a lot about the airplane scene, so we don't have to go too much into that. Um, but she does give him, she gives him a dog tranquilizer, which I guess she yeah. has a full pill bottle supply of. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You just and have a dog. They were used again later too, so that's definitely what they were. They were I, used again. They were used two times, and both mm-hmm. times she ended up having sex with him uh, while he was on the tranquilizers. So uh, tough, tough beat for her and for him. Um, Rough. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, oh boy. god. I, I just. Yourself, right? I, she I has. To, she has. Had to a, be off mute for that one, huh? There's a theme. There's a theme of her just having these little like these random gizmos, like a huge knife, and then I have a dog tranquilizer. Like there's an ongoing. And the things thing. that she she puts things on her eyes and turns into that character. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. Um, right, we're talking about that later, but had to say it while I thought of it. No. That was wild. No, we can talk about that right now because they they end up getting to the hotel. They run into his ex fiance and uh, her husband or her boyfriend. I don't remember exactly. Her boyfriend because he is the rebound. He's the rebound. Uh, and not to skip ahead, but I just want to go on this tangent for a moment. He, uh, David Spade at one point walks in on him getting a happy ending massage and you think that's going to be a like him telling her or like him getting this new guy in trouble and it just drops like there's no follow-through on that whatsoever yeah um and he just is kind of a douchey guy yeah that was another good character though his ex 
girlfriend yeah. or ex-wife is Becky from Roseanne and from Scrubs, and from she Scrubs. could have been utilized a lot more. She had almost literally nothing to do. We were like, what for? Like, what a waste of really great actor. Yeah, I think yes, that that's she... a theme throughout. Like, I... It, it, this movie did confirm like these people are funny like there there are really funny things going on like i don't think they've missed a step it was just execution with a lot of the stuff that mm-hmm. but, like they're, they're they're funny like i know they are yeah 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 and i think what we've talked about like getting the through line and giving lauren lacus a couple breaks to just be a human so much like it just would have been a more recognizable movie than just like why why are why is he here like i you're asking yourself the entire time why what yeah, are you doing what? here why and why um, are we here with you? and why are we here yeah and they <laughs> they have they have him say it once like she tried to kill herself or like she was going to jump off a bridge and if that if that burden was played a little more strongly like i maybe would have understood why he was dealing with it but yeah. it also didn't inform why he made the turn, whatever. They're at the hotel and she does this character. Trina, do you want to take us through the character a little bit? The, oh, I forgot her name. What's her name? Hell or something? The character, okay, so she puts these little rose things on her eyes and and then makes a mustache out of her hair and then turns into like a demonic gremlin, basically, is the best way I can say it. Says the way crazier things that she's already been saying, which is difficult to do. And this is when another one of those moments where you get taken out of it because David Spade just watches her do it. Yeah. He's just looking at her. And it, the behavior is so wild that there's no way you would just look at this person, you would pack your things and you would walk out and then you'd never see them again. Yeah, I might, if I were him, just be like, you know what, made a mistake. Tell, the, <laughs> tell, tell Nick Swanson, hey man, you can book me in the like shittiest room that they have available. But I'm not staying with her. This is weird. Uh, That's it. Arrest like, her or hey, something. She broke in. I don't know. I'd just be like, this is my bad. Enjoy your free <laughs> weekend in Hawaii. I'm going to stay in a yeah. different room. Uh, like, go go find a nice guy on the island somewhere. Um, but that's not what happens. He just walks no. away and goes uh, to the mixer, where he's introduced to uh, the new head honcho. Um, and then Lauren Lapkus has escaped. And she comes out, and she starts mingling in the drunkest, most inappropriate way that anyone has ever done it in TV or movies, I think. A glitter band-aid dress it always leads to this exact same thing. And I'm that's the one thing they did right. They chose her wardrobe right for that scene because <laughs> you could tell that all she needed was to walk in there looking like that and she was going to ruin everything. Yep, uh-huh. She threw down a bunch of cocktails, free cocktails. Um, so she starts grinding on everyone um oh. she's giving people palm readings and is saying to <laughs> one guy you're gonna die in a uh, plane crash don't be on a plane in the next five months she says to another guy you're gonna lose a leg in 10 years um because the doctor screws up i think she says um so she's basically just like ruining everyone's time yeah. um and david spade is like please go away and so <laughs> she does but she goes and finds a cliff that she wants to dive off of. Um, why? I'm not sure. She jumped off of it, is the, other, she, is the better way to put it. 
she well, jumped off of it. She, she wasn't going cliff diving. She attempted <laughs> a jump, but she ultimately trips and falls and then rolls yes, over. Yes, you're right. Hits a tree, hits another rock, I think, and then falls onto the sand. So even if she had, if she had dove like she intended to, she would have died because she was not diving into water. She was diving onto sand. I mean, this is the se- the second example. Yes. Of right. things going too far physically. So this is actually, I'm going to, let's play clip number three and then I'm going to backtrack to clip number two, Ryan, but let's play clip number three because this is Nick Swartzen. Oh my God. You're obsessed with me. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, um, we're either going to end up married or I'm going to end up naked and dead in a ravine somewhere. Okay, that's, I screwed up. That was actually Lavkus, um after David Spade has basically been like, I've described you wrong to everyone because I was describing yes. the other Missy. Um, and so she's, she, and then she follows that up by saying, um, uh, you can do either one. I'm cool with either one. You can marry me or kill me in a ditch. She um, sees it as a compliment that he was speaking about her to right. other people, basically that simply. Right. Um, so sorry, Ryan, if you want to play clip number four, this is after she falls off the cliff. This is Nick Swartzen. She's alive. Damn it. That's what we thought, Nick. Yeah, that was the vibe. Yeah. (laughs) Don't know what went wrong there. Um, and it's sort of like, uh, (laughs) uh, an interesting reflection on her threatening to jump off a bridge. Um, yeah. So again, we're sort of making light of attempted suicide in an unintentional way, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, by, by just sort of reflecting what her, what she was threatening earlier. Um, but yeah, so sorry. I feel what, like. No, go ahead. No, absolutely. I was going to take it to a different place. So you go ahead. I was just going to say, I feel like this was one of those situations where someone said, "Wouldn't it be funny if she now jumped off a cliff?" And then everybody was like, "Yeah." And then that's just what happened. Like, it was an idea that came up like that, like, the best idea in the world. And right. then here we are talking about, like, almost killing ourselves again. And it's just, I think it's kind of unnecessary. I do also want to point out, David David Spade fell out of uh, one-story window and ruined his ankle. And she fell off maybe a 150-foot cliff onto sand and was fine. Just, like, got up and was yeah. fine. <laughs> like, lost um, her breath or something? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, got but the what, wind what knocked out to, of her. Yeah, wind knocked uh, out of her. That's what I meant to say. But what I wanted to do is go back to clip number two, because this is Lauren Lapkus as she's entering the hotel, but I wanted to talk about mm-hmm. this in more in a more general sense. But let's hear clip number two, Ryan. I swear to God, if I see a sea turtle in that ocean, I am riding it! You can't ride the turtles. Well, what if they want to ride me? That's inappropriate. And disturbing. Okay, maybe you're inappropriate and disturbing. I'm just being nice to a goddamn turtle. Have respect for the island. Shut the fuck up! Okay, so this interaction to me was such a microcosm of every single thing that happens in the movie where Lauren Lapkus says something outrageous. Yeah. It is called out in the smallest way possible. She then makes it sexual. Uh, Damn then turtle. she gets, I... yeah. <laughs> then, then she gets really loud and starts uh, screaming that you can go fuck yourself. Respect so that island. was sort of 
Right. That was like the rhythm <laughs> of every single thing that happened. Yeah. It was like crazy it's, sexual. Now we're yelling. It's like a fit. It's like you get, you know, you get questioned a little bit and then you have a little bit of a fit and then someone isn't backing down. So you go crazy. And that's why she was just never grounded once. And the like, maybe I'm too prudy for for what she's brought to this movie but every time especially like yelling at kids I was like ah oh, do we have to go there do we have to talk about riding animals and like was that necessary but this is why another reason why I think improv was a lot of this and it was a lot of not sticking to script it was just like ding yeah I also think in like in this particular moment a more interesting choice here would have been to have her connect with the kids over something crazy Versus yeah. just have like a combative thing at all times. Yeah. Um, but okay, we're running out of time a little bit here. <clears throat> so uh, let's jump ahead. We've talked about the shark uh, cruise a little bit. This is another moment where we play Lauren Lapkus locked in a room, running back out last minute. She jumps off the pier and again, doesn't make the boat um, and again, might be dead, <clears throat> but she somehow makes it back onto the boat Uh they don't see sharks then she throws up chum and then we do see a shark and that's that's the beat of the boat i also don't know where the blood came from from the shark do you know uh i mean he david spade in an attempt to get out of the cage i think kicks the boss so he like broke his nose or something or like did something to the boss so So the boss is bleeding under there god it's not bite blood no uh-uh. Okay, okay, okay. Um, but I did want Rob Schneider to get something else bitten off. That would have been, an, again, another opportunity for some sort of symmetry here. Um, but instead, Rob Schneider just punches the shark a bunch of times. In the nose so that we it. can yep. all learn that that's how it works. And yes, that does work. But he had that line, all these characters, they're giving them lingering lines as the scene is changing. So right. he had yeah. a lingering line after that. Like, someone do that to me when she was giving him CPR. And it was like, why are you across the ocean when yeah. you're letting Rob Schneider say lines? Let's be in his face, please. It just, it, it was, there's such interesting choices that were made. Truly, truly. Another missed opportunity there. Um, we then get back to the room and Missy is having her first human moment with another person, but we don't see it. It's off screen. She bonds with Barbara. Um, and he, David Spade's like, all right, go get a massage with her. And then we find out that she's the wife of the boss. There's a weird Evander Holyfield thing going on. It would have been good maybe if the cameo at the end was Evander Holyfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, or something to connect it to the rest of the movie. It was a cool cameo. But it was <laughs> like There were so many references throughout the movie we just should have referenced him once. It yeah. should have been Vanilla Ice calling. It should have been, van- they should have done a Vanilla Ice song. Yeah. Something. <laughs> no callbacks whatsoever with so many people. It's so that- many options. So yeah. it's hard. It's really hard to do what they did by avoiding a callback Man. to any of these characters. That's such a any good point. These- like, it's really hard to not. The first thing I would have thought of is, let's put Vanilla Ice in there three times. Let's make him do two crazy things. The third thing be the craziest, and then let's call it a day. Like, that's what you think of when you're writing. You have to try hard to not write those things in. 
like the other Happy Madison films. Like I'm, I'm popping in one more time, guys. Um, for Happy Gilmore, the whole thing with Chubbs, like I got my hand bit off by an alligator. What happens later? An alligator comes out and takes out his <laughs> yeah. take, takes him out. Like it's a funny callback, and there's weight yeah. to it. Like there's history there. There's there's mm-hmm. almost like they were setting up history and then just forget about it. Exactly. Yeah, they for, they forgot about a lot of things over the course of the everyone. Race. I I also do want to point out just because you brought up the the rule of thirds there, we had our assistant bring the boss coffee twice, and then we had him fail in other ways the rest of the times <laughs> we saw him. And it was like, why didn't we get a third coffee thing? What happened to complete was the maybe the here? third coffee thing the the mermaid tail uh, you know what i mean like that's what i'm saying they t- they spun out every time yeah but it, it wasn't just it had to be coffee simple thing that, that's a great you're right it's the rule of thirds it's and, and it's yeah. same thing with the receptionist like my, when i my personal favorite comedian is bobby lee bobby lee, bobby had, lee plays yeah. the receptionist. bobby recep- lee what a waste and he, there, waste he's there twice lee. and then oh the, no God. third i know and he had like, to show up twice and not say anything it's like how about the third time anything. he says something buck wild bobby lee and then you gotta laugh just the idea Hello? that like they flew him out to hawaii <laughs> to do two like or have like, have bobby lee end up with the, the right <laughs> yeah. Missy, you know what yes. I mean? Like we needed Bobby Lee in there a third time. But the the thing with the coffee, they, what they needed was the boss when he's in the pool and Warren Lapkin and he's like making the assistant walk in the pool. We yeah. needed him ra- when he, the assistants like they're out of grenadine. He should have been like, well, I wanted coffee, just like some other reference to coffee there, um, yeah. would have tied the knot for us. We're completely running out of time. Um, yeah. Was was there anything else specifically that you wanted to hit on? Anything that definitely worked or definitely didn't for you, Trina? No, I think I think we covered it all. I think the last what we said last kind of hit the nail on the head. And you know, maybe it's just about knowing too much about comedy writing and things like that about how it could have worked better. Yeah. In very simple ways that kind of threw off the movie a little bit. Yeah, I also I just did want to highlight real quick the the like presentation that they give because we've talked about the new kids on the block song, but yeah. the shadow dancing is not a reference to anything and it's just supposed to be like funny out of context of anything, but when you think about it in the context of the rest of the movie, it's random and doesn't make sense and we spend so much time on it that we ha- it has to be connected to something else and it yeah. just isn't. Mm-hmm. Um so that was a frustrating sequence, pretty long sequence. Exactly, because uh, it could have been so funny to do anything else. Yeah, yeah. They just like <laughs> had some reason to do shadow dancing, I guess. Yeah. Just anything that connected it. Yeah. Um, Trina, at the end of every show, we like to rate the movies. Guilty movie pleasure, guilty but awesome, guilty but terrible. Do you have a rating for this movie? I unfortunately have to guilty but terrible it. And I thought I might change my mind <laughs> after I watched it the first time to the second time, because I did feel Lauren Lapkus' character at the end there, but no, I just, I can't, I can't get behind this one, sadly. Yeah, I'm sort of in the same boat. I'm going to say guilty, but terrible. Um, But there, there are so many talented and hilarious individuals associated with this. And it just felt like too many individuals and not one uh, cohesive cohesive unit. Yeah. Ryan, you watched the movie as well. Do you have a rating for us? Yes. Uh, and you guys, I, I was just kind of popping in and out throughout this one. I think 
I would go guilty. I'm going to pull a Ben here. Guilty but disappointing. Um, yeah. Because, again, I like all of these people. And I don't think this movie is, like, it's it's nothing. We, we, we say guilty but terrible just because, you know, it, it's, it wasn't a massive pleasure and it wasn't um, as great as we thought. But it's mostly disappointing to me because I do like everyone involved in this. And I just think, like, the problem with a lot of the scenes we were talking about was more they just didn't land. And there were just a few things that I think they could have kept out as opposed to, like, I don't think there was any malintent at all in this movie. Like, I think they, yeah. they tried something and it just it was just a little disappointing. Um, so, yeah, I go guilty, but a little disappointing. I hear you. Absolutely. Um, oh, sure. Well, that that is going to do it for our show. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, Trina. We appreciate yeah. you coming on. Um, do you have any socials that you want to plug? I sure do. Y'all can find me on Twitter and Instagram at hey Trina Dong. Great. Uh, Ryan, any socials? You guys can find me at Ryan Nilsen, R-Y-N-I-L-S-E-N on Twitter and Ryan Nilsen on Instagram. Jesse, how about you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Too Much Jesse for sketch at The Prom Losers. For this show, you can find us at Guilty Movie Guys. Let us know what you thought. If you have seen The Wrong Missy, did we get it completely wrong? Did you love this movie? Do you agree with us? Do you like the movie Pixels? Um, don't forget to rate and review uh, wherever you get podcasts uh, on YouTube. Uh, and yeah, let us know if, you, if there's a movie you'd like us to cover. Let us know. Until next time, what is your guilty movie pleasure? From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network.